All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're back and I'm back fresh off of my uh, my flu game, as we as we called it. But uh, it's uh, it's playoff season, everybody, and we're here recording episode number 72, and we are preparing you for your playoff matchups. And uh, it's going to be a big one here. We got uh, week 15. Uh, some people have the bye week, but uh, lots of us, it's our quarterfinal matchup. So uh, this is this is why we play fantasy football. It's it's to win money. It's to win the championships. And uh, for a lot of us, if we we're lucky enough to make it in, it, it all starts here for us. So uh, it's a big week for us to get things going. And, uh, and I mean, obviously, last year we had lots of lots of really good advice coming on the stretch and hopefully won some some championships. And, and we're looking to do that the same. But before we get started, we'll uh, we'll throw things over and we'll say hello to the fellas and then and we'll kickstart this. So uh, first thing first, I want to say thanks to Zach for stepping in my shoes there last year and our last week. Sorry. And, uh, and <laughs> podcast and there's, I just know there's no way I could have done it last week. I was in some rough shape, but first of all, thanks for doing that, Zach. And, uh, how's the week been treating you? So far, so good. It's, uh, it's an exciting time around the school. Uh, we had our winter, winter dance last week. And now this week we have, uh, it's this last full week of school before the holidays. So it's an exciting time to be a teacher and, uh, an exciting time to be a uh, fantasy football manager. Absolutely. And Armand, I know we're, we're having some technical difficulties there for getting the old uh, laptop, but it looks like we're, we're swinging things and you're here, which is my main, my main thing, but uh, how's basketball been going and, uh, and how's the last week in treating you? Oh, it's been pretty good. The, the basketball season's in full swing. We had our first tournament last weekend and, uh, it uh, it was a good growing experience for our boys. They're a lot better now than they were at the beginning of of last week. It it's amazing what a few games against good competition can do for a team, and uh, it definitely uh, helps guys improve quite a bit when they have to play against good players and have to play at that game speed. They understand a little bit more what they need to do in practice now, even because our practices are ten times better this week so far. No, it's especially at that nine ten level. That's what it's all about. It's been yeah. uh, it's been a good little week here. Got healthy and doing lots of renovations again. Back in that swing of things, and it seems like it's a never ending struggle in my household. But uh, it's been good. Basketball's in full swing, as Zach mentioned. It's our last full week. Uh, it's a bit of a crazy week. We got uh, our winter our winter family fun night coming up here at the elementary school. So that's uh, that's gonna be fun. And then um, I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with your teacher. And listening and you're in the elementary school you know that uh this week is a bit of a chaotic week for the kids they're little ants in the pants and they're excited to for christmas to come around the corner so it's been it's been a long week already and it's tuesdays so we still got a bit of a stretch to go until that christmas break comes but like zach said it's a good time to be a teacher and it's even better time to be a fantasy manager so we'll uh, we'll get things going and we're talking about playoffs so our 22 fresh quick question of the week for week 15 well let's talk playoffs um we're gonna talk a little bit about us obviously running a fantasy football podcast we want to be successful as well and and obviously we're not in playoffs in all of our leagues that would be pretty awesome but we're going to talk a little bit about some of our you know the teams that are about to make a playoff run maybe the one with our best chance and then one that's a long shot that's going to be a fun one if if you pull it off kind of thing and and where we're at and, and i think we'll start this one off with armin uh armin where are you at with the playoffs and, and let's uh let's hear a little bit about uh your your hopeful runs all right so uh 
my best chance i'd say for uh for a chip this year is i i um have a pretty good dynasty best ball team that uh has gone through the season um with a uh really good record of 10 and 4 and we're looking to make a run at the playoffs we're healthy for the most part except uh Lamar Jackson's nicked up a little bit, but uh, I got Tyler Huntley, Huntley as the backup, so hopefully one of those two are playing and uh, we can make a run in the playoffs here. Uh, got everything I need in that uh, that league. And then I think the league I'm commissioned, I just squeaked into the playoffs. Actually, I didn't even win myself in. My fate was in someone else's hands and they ended up uh, pulling out the victory for me so that I could make the playoffs. And uh, um, even though I just made it into the playoffs, I'm pretty hopeful about this team because it's a uh, it's a high upside team with like Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Justin Jefferson, Justin Field, Devonte Smith, and uh, and then uh, I forget who my tight end actually is. I think I have Mark Andrews in this league. I think you're um, right. Yeah. Yep, Mark Andrews and Jerry Judy just finally going off. So high upside guys and uh i think i i got a shot even though i just squeaked into the playoffs and then uh zach where where are you sitting here i know uh you you commission a lot of teams and then you did a lot of uh best ball drafts too but where are you sitting at with like your your big push there and i guess a uh, kind of similar question to armin well on the best ball side i uh, too many to count i Gave up about halfway through this season with most of them checking in on them. I could be making money right now on on uh, on DraftKings or whatever site I use, or I could just be completely out. I don't know. But uh, in the in the one dynasty that I'm in with you guys, um, I'm like a top three team, ten and four. So uh, on the top part of the bracket there, so in good shape. Uh, but I'm missing Lamar, so that's kind of a downer. In the other dynasty that I won, won it all last year, I am a hurting unit right now. Just squeaked into the playoffs, and uh, Kyler was my my QB1. Uh, Debo was like my wide receiver one or two. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was RB2, and uh, Mark Andrews was tight end one. So we aren't looking too hot. It'll be... Uh, It'll be a damn miracle if I win even the, the first week here. Uh, but in the in the league that Armid is the commissioner in, that keeper league that we've talked about before, I am the number one seed, and I'm lucky to have the bye this week. So it'll be a nice week of sitting on the couch, relaxing until that 4 o'clock uh, Patriot kickoff on Sunday where I can just, like, stress watch and yell at Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels. Just Two people like that I've left to hate for the past like 10 years of my life. Just like Mac Jones has been doing. <laughs> yeah. Like me, Mac Jones, we have very, seem to have very similar attitudes there towards Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm with you on that one. Matt Patricia can suck on it. That's that's back in the Lions days. Though. That's not even the Patriot days. Um, in that league, you guys are talking about, man. Oh, I didn't realize. Like I sold out to try and make the playoffs just because I was a bad team and I'm tired of not making playoffs in that league. So I sold out to try and make her. And if I would have won, I would have made playoffs, but Armin snuck in there, which was an absolute dagger. But um, my best shot is the same thing that we both have talked about um, where I'm the commission or dynasty league. I was four points away from being 14 and 0. 
finished the league at 13 and one and uh, team's in good shape. Uh, I had Kyler Murray on my roster, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about him a bit, but I got some other cues. We can kind of patch that hole. I got Dak. I got, uh, I got um, Tua. I've got a few other, and I got golf as well. So I can patch that hole regardless, but uh, and team's in good shape. Got the bye week this week and then heading right in the semifinals, kind of like Zach had mentioned in that uh, other, uh, other league. So uh, sit back and watch and kind of just find out who I got in the semis and hopefully go back to back in that league. And then the one that's going to be a lot of fun, this is kind of a funny one. Uh, my league, I, I co-managed our big money league. We, uh, as bad as it is to say out loud, we didn't really want to make playoffs. Like we wanted to uh, remain in that high bubble and then compete for an additional first round pick in the toilet bowl, just because our team is not very good. We sold out. I mean, we have a good team, but it's getting older. So we sold out, got a lot of picks. And then we went on a run. And long story short, if we would have got 151 points in the week 14, not only would we make playoffs, we basically made playoffs regardless, but we'd also climb into the fifth seed. And uh, we got 156 points with the week of James Conner. So we went from not wanting to make playoffs to climbing into the fifth seed and now having a decent little lineup to possibly make the finals and make some serious money. So it was kind of a catch 22 because we didn't want to make playoffs and get the first round pick, but at the same time, I don't want to just burn 600 bucks and just for a first round pick. So now we got a chance at making some serious money in our big money league. So that's that one. If we win, not only is it going to be fun because it's going to be a Cinderella story, but uh, the wallet, the wallet's going to be a little bit heavier after that one too. So, so two, two leagues, I'm, I'm hoping to, to make some, make a little bit of noise. Um, much the same as you guys. If, uh, if you're in the playoffs, obviously it's going to be a fun ride here and we, we hope for the best for you. And hopefully some of these, uh, these injuries that happened in, in week 14 aren't going to uh, surplant your team too much. So without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll get things started with insiders and headliners. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So this one, like there's a few that's, are a real kick in the pants because uh, there was a lot of injuries and a lot of players that left, came back, nicked up, left, came back, you know, James Connors, the Tyree kills, the lots of players like that. And, and they're the ones where you have to monitor them. Jalen Waddle has been nicked up. You gotta, you gotta monitor those ones or Mondre Stevenson did the same thing. And then there's the big ones like Debo Samuel. If you watch that one, um, we, we talked about it on my rack hockey team a little bit. It's one of those ones where you watch the player leave the field and you think, that could be a career ender. That could be, you know, like a, a catastrophic injury, a serious injury. And just how emotional it was and how much pain he was in, it was like that That could be really bad news. Uh, so far, coming from San Francisco, all things are pointing in the right direction. He's obviously still pretty injured, but it's not as severe as the, uh, the broken ankle, broken foot, broken leg, whatever, uh, you know, knee injury that they were, they were a little bit uh, concerned about. Uh, it is a high ankle sprain. And they're considering him week to week, but hopeful to get him back before the end of the NFL regular season. But for your, obviously your playoff push for fantasy football, that's totally irrelevant. Uh, you're not going to have him for the playoff push. So that is a tough loss there for sure. Uh, and I mentioned at the top of the docket there, Kyler Murray. Um, I, I saw quite a few teams that missed playoffs winning in need four points, five points, eight points, two points, one point even from Kyler Murray. Uh, he rushes for, I think it was seven yards, tears his ACL and puts up 0.7 points. Uh, so he's going to be out for not only the remainder of this year, 
but he's also going to be out for a significant portion of the 2023-2024 NFL season as well, too. So that's a tough loss for fantasy managers this year making a playoff push, tough loss for Arizona, and a tough loss for dynasty managers of, uh, of Kyler Murray as well, too. Um, you see lots of times those rushing quarterbacks when they get these ACL injuries, they, they may or may not come back the same. So if you are a Kyler Murray manager, you are definitely holding your breath and hoping that he has a successful surgery and does come back uh, with that rushing platform once again. Uh, another quarterback news to talk about, Russell Wilson uh, exited towards the end of that one. That game turned into a bit of a shootout. Um, it was, you know, KC, they put up points, but Denver, not so much, but Denver definitely made it competitive. Um, and Russell Wilson was trying to punch one in on a little bit of a QB scramble and uh, got landed on, crushed the head there a little bit, squished the head on the turf, uh, completely unconscious and, and left the game, obviously, in concussion protocol. So not only was he out the remainder of that game, but uh, there's a greater than likely chance he'll also miss a, this upcoming week with the new concussion protocols as well in place. So Russell Wilson, another quarterback that you'll be missing for your quarterfinal matchup. And then, like I mentioned as well, the Ramon Drain, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek, there's these players that a lot are nicked up. You're going to have to monitor those a little bit too. Um, other than that, I guess a couple signings that happened, not super relevant, maybe ones that um, if you're in a best ball league, add them just for the, the pure upside possibly on, on good offenses. But T.Y. Uh, Hilton signs with the Dallas Cowboys and Cole Beasley comes out of retirement and signs with the Buffalo Bills. So they're, chances of them being a lot of upside in your in your quarterfinal matchup and having the stones to put those in your quarterfinal matchup uh not only is that uh, not <laughs> recommended it'd be pretty reckless uh but in a best ball league is you know there's a lot of people that'll probably be putting a waiver wire out there and and shooting for the stars but um any any of these that are really other than kind of what we went over there um anything that really needs to be mentioned here before we continue on in the docket there fellas it's uh to me it's interesting that uh, Dallas signed Hilton and Buffalo signed Beasley, both teams that were courting OBJ. To me, this just uh, signals that OBJ is just dust. If they went with these two receivers, that even in their best uh, years were weren't half the receiver that OBJ was during his best season. So, to me, this just signals that he's clearly not healthy. Well, or the fact like that, that very well could be in. And also I think he was, I can't remember what podcast it was on. There was, I, I read it on Twitter. I think it was, uh, it's escaping me, but I read it on Twitter that he was like, yeah, I don't even want to play in the regular season. I'm ready, but I don't want to play. I'm just going to play in the playoffs. And it's like, well, what team wants to just put you on the shelf until the end of week 18 and then quarterfinals or whatever divisional matchup or wild card or whoever it is, you know, and this, yeah, there you go. There's week one. Put you in a lineup in the biggest matchup of the year. Like it's just, it's a bit of a head scratcher. And yeah, I think it's a combination of both things there too. But my goodness, it's so funny. Cause like you said, Zach, there's three big teams, the Giants, the, the, the Bills, and then the Cowboys and two of them going the completely opposite direction. So that's another thing to monitor too. If you're hoping for the big OBJ signing and playoff push, looking less and less likely as we progress into uh, the quarterfinal matchups for ourselves. Um, we are obviously, as the quarterfinals are this week, we are approaching the conclusion of the fantasy football season. Uh, we not only do we go through fantasy playoffs, but then we also do some DFS uh, work throughout the remainder of the NFL season and through playoffs, we do the playoff bracket. Um, but this is going to conclude our, our NFL 2022 season. 
Uh, and big thank you to our 2022 NFL sponsor for the podcast was 22 Fresh. They've been awesome this year. Uh, they've provided some, some awesome merchandise and prizes for our charity league. And then are also, like I mentioned, our, our brackets challenge, uh, as well as a couple other things that we've got down, down the line here. Um, they've been awesome to us, supplying us with some great merchandise and, uh, and hoping that, you know, they've also been good for you guys at home too, with, with the promo code 306FFB15. Uh, it's Christmas season shopping time. If uh, there's something or somebody at home that's a bit of a difficult purchase for and you never know what to get them, go on 22fresh.com. They got toques, they got hats, they got hoodies, they've got t-shirts, they've got all kinds of stuff, joggers, shorts, you name it. And it it's, looks good, it's comfy, and it's reasonably priced. And on top of that, you get the uh, 15% off just for listening to the podcast. So big thanks to 22fresh this uh, NFL season. And uh, make sure you use that promo code 306FFB15 at checkout. Uh, transitioning here into our weekly recap, uh, we'll start with our studs and duds of week 14. And uh, we'll go with uh, this week's homer pick of the week. We'll go to Armand. Uh, Armand, you want to talk about your homer pick? <laughs> yeah, I had to go with uh, Justin Jefferson this week. He had 11 catches for 223 yards. And... Uh, that's 27.8 half point PPR points. And that'd be like 32 points in full point PPR. So he, he went off this week. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown and it was a loss, which was, was a little ugly, but uh, man, he did not disappoint and he is very dependable. And, and I just love having him on the Viking fantasy, uh, fantasy team in the keeper league. 223 yards is insane. And he had, I think at the end of the first half, he had 60 yards, which like a first half, 60 yards, that's pretty good. But to finish with 223, like obviously the Lions went into prevent defense, but still Justin Jefferson just had an absolute heyday with zero tutties. Um, Zach, do you want to uh, kickstart yours? You bet. So I have, I have two this week. Uh, the first stud is none other than Tanae Sewell, who had 1.2 fantasy points on the week. Uh, one target, one reception, one first down. Uh, good enough to ice the game there for the Lions. Uh, but the actual stud of the week was Zonovan Knight, running back for the New York Jets. Uh, nothing flashy here. 17 attempts, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and as Booby Miles' uncle said, and he can catch. Actually, it was and he can throw, but here Knight had two receptions on two targets and six yards. Um, I guess the main reason here why I brought him up is this guy could have been the answer to last week's question um, of which player could be a fantasy playoff darling. Uh, Knight is somebody that is looking like he could be the primary ball carrier in New York. And he was certainly on the waiver wires all season up until two weeks ago. So good for you, Bam Knight. Yeah, he, uh, you said it best there, Zach. He, he could win people fantasy championships and we could have just been sitting there going like, yeah, he's got a cool nickname, but uh, I'm not going to touch him. And then he could go off and, do his best for Sherrod Penny impersonation and, and put money in your pocket. So I, I think you said it best. Uh, talking about another guy that uh, had a big week 
And same thing on a lot of waiver wires, maybe on your bench, but you haven't put them in. I don't know too many people that would have put them in their starting lineups. Uh, I think we put them in a couple because just of pure necessity. But uh, mine is running back from the Kansas City Chiefs, Jarek McKinnon. He, uh, he ended up putting up 28.9 fantasy points on 22 yards rushing. Uh, six attempts, 22 yards, uh, not great. But he had an unbelievable day uh, in the receiving in the receiving realm of uh, running back world. Uh, nine targets, seven receptions, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. So an unbelievable performance from Jarek McKinnon. Um, it's a sketchy. Like, this is the one where I want to have the confidence and put him in my starting lineup in the quarterfinals, uh, especially against Houston, who is terrible against running backs. But they're terrible against running backs on the ground. And obviously six carries for 22 yards is not going to do it in your quarterfinal matchup. So a huge week he had, and it's going to take a, a set of stones to put him in your quarterfinal matchup. But it's, it's a, it's a gutsy one because Houston's bad against the running back, but Pacheco is more of the guy on the ground and McKinnon's the guy through the air. This turned into a bit of a ball game against Denver and he got it done through the air. But um, after a huge performance, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to put him in the lineups um, against the, you know, like I said, a plus matchup uh, in the running back world. So um, this one was one for maybe a conversation, not only that have a good week, but also a conversation on uh, if you were, you know, a hurting team on the running back uh, frame, would you be willing to put them in the lineup? Maybe we'll go to go Zach there. Is that, is that a guy that you'd be, you know, willing to, <laughs> willing to risk your playoff life on? Oh, if I... Like I, I have him in in one league where it's that dynasty where everybody and their dog is hurt right now. But outside of that situation where you're missing your running backs, I don't think there's many teams that are that are in the playoffs that would have uh I guess worse options than him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um I think if he made the playoffs. And you're, especially if you're a top seed in the playoffs, you probably have better options than him. But I'll, uh, I'll run you through a couple here, and you tell me which one you'd rather do. Uh, sure. Jared McKinnon or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt's got uh, Baltimore. Jared McKinnon, obviously, Houston. Maybe Kareem Hunt. Really? Okay. Um, Jared McKinnon or Chuba Hubbard off the big week, uh, and they play Pittsburgh. Okay, I'll, I'll take McKinnon there. And but but Chubba's not a he's not a starting running back on any playoff roster. No, I challenge no. you to find me a challenge a playoff roster <laughs> with him starting. Fair. And then last one uh, in a flex spot: Jarek McKinnon or Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver from Buffalo against Miami. That game means a lot to both teams, uh, being Miami and Buffalo. Oof, that one's interesting. But then, still, I'd be I'd be hard pressed to have Isaiah McKenzie as a starter on a playoff team. Asking but for a friend, <laughs> to friend play the game. game, to play the game, I would probably say McKinnon. That I am the friend asking because my playoff roster, we did not necessarily want to make playoffs. That is a decision we are staring right in the face. So it is not a good time. But like I said, Cinderella stories happen. Um, transitioning here a little bit, uh, we'll go into the duds and we'll go back to Armand here. And, uh, we we're just talking about a little bit of that Buffalo matchup. And, and this is the, 
uh, one of the Buffalo players that had a down week. So you want to sh- share yours, Armand? Yeah. So uh, just before this, uh, this occurred, I had texted the group that maybe James Cook could be that guy we were talking about last week that could uh, lead your team to the promised land. And, uh, and then uh, he put up a dud and he only put up two half point fantasy point points on the week four carries for six yards and one catch for nine yards. And it was a little bit of, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, it, it kind of raises the question of like, where do we think in this uh, Buffalo backfield uh, Cook's worth trying to use through the playoffs? Kind of the same idea as uh, McKinnon, but uh, I guess, as Zach said, you might not be in the playoffs and, and needing to try to use James Cook. Yeah, and when you when you put that in the group there, Armin, I was like, man, that's actually sneaky. I wish I would have thought of that. And, <laughs> and then he turns around and does this, so... Maybe a good thing we didn't put that one out into the atmosphere into the world last last episode, but a bit of a bit of a tough week for for all Buffalo players. Actually, you know, I don't think any really Buffalo fantasy fantasy player produced other than Josh Allen just getting it done on the ground as as he normally does. But uh, Zach, do you want to talk about you? You know what? You got to oh, give sorry. it to the Jets defense. You got to give it to the Jets defense because they are a good defense. So. Um, you know what, James Cook going into the rest of the playoffs So here has Miami, Chicago, then Cincinnati, which are all teams that are, they're not great defensively, but they're not bad either. So it could be interesting. Do uh, you want to talk about yours here, Zach? Sure thing. Um, so this one was quite frustrating for me on a personal note, as I had him as my tight end in a number of leagues. Uh, Mark Andrews put up quite the stinker of a week. Uh, This week, he had two receptions on six targets for 17 yards uh, for a grand total of 2.7 half-point PPR fantasy points. Um, And one of the reasons why this was so frustrating to me is, granted, Lamar Jackson was out of that game, but going off of their connection last year, Andrews and Huntley were dynamite down the stretch last year with Andrews averaging 18.6 full PPR points per game. Um, So I wasn't expecting that, uh, you know, the first game together this year, but I was expecting a little bit more than, than 2.7. So I was quite disappointed with that outcome. Uh, Granted Huntley did leave. uh, So that may have had, quite a bit to do with it but i was still hoping for a lot more and that burnt me in a couple of matchups oh i'll piggyback on that same sentiment that you basically shared obviously not the major impact player that mark andrews is obviously but a player that you relied on heavily in the first you know first couple weeks we talked about him in the uh in the preseason primer was if rashad bateman doesn't step up to the plate this could be a sneaky name that guys want to pick up on waiver wires and Devin duvernay had like five really good weeks in a row. Then he didn't get a week or two off where it was kind of whatever. Then he had a couple of good weeks again. And he was a guy that you could plug in your lineup with with upside, but you know, had a low floor. And now it's three or four weeks in a row of a very low floor. And now with backup quarterback and possibly a tertiary quarterback, depending on where Tyler Huntley's at, uh, Devin Duvernay, one target, zero receptions, zero yards, and zero points. 
Um, so no longer, you know, that kind of hidden gem that you can plug in the lineup and has been fun to play with, with that high upside. Um, he, he's been frustrating and, and a guy that's, you probably don't even need to roster at this point anymore. Um, in the same sentiment, it can be shared uh, for uh, Higgins. That one was frustrating because I don't know if you're aware of this and if you guys have Higgins on any of your rosters, he uh, obviously was dealing with a hamstring last week and it was one of those ones we said just to monitor throughout the week and then was good to go, taken off the injury report. And apparently he injured himself in the pregame warmup, but nobody said anything and it wasn't on any reports. He goes out, plays one snap, done. So obviously he put up a goose egg as well too. But that one was frustrating because it could have been avoided. Like it wasn't like he hurt himself first play, but he apparently tweaked himself bad during pregame warmups. And yeah, so that one was that one was frustrating too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, a duo in there, both putting up asterisks or both putting up mm-hmm. a goose egg. So I'll put a put the two set in there that are both very, very frustrating. Uh, especially if you were in a do or die matchup, which a lot of fantasy managers were were in that spot. The one where Armin got into that last playoff spot. I had Higgins in my lineup and I lost by, I think it was eight points. So if I got eight points from that Higgins spot, I had several players on my bench that put up more than eight. So unfortunately uh, I, I was burnt by, by T Higgins. So that one, that one hurts uh, quite substantially. And that's the second time he's done that this year. Eh? Very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. It's almost as bad as, uh, but I think this one was in the playoffs when uh, who was it there um, Keenan Allen was it week 14 of the playoffs when he's like oh yeah don't worry I'm gonna play and then he stepped on the field had one snap and then just benched himself pretty similar to that at least but Burns Burns fantasy managers regardless um, transitioning here we'll go into uh, into our next week obviously it's our week 15 playoffs are here no more bye weeks thank goodness we had six bye weeks and uh, we'll get into full stream ahead. But uh, before we do that, we'll play the clip and we'll hear what Armin has to say. Twenty-four hours after the game, you, you got to move on. Right now, we're preparing for Cincinnati. All right. So uh, my stream of the week this week is Ryan Tannehill. Um, he is playing the uh, L.A. Chargers defense, and he is rostered in only 37.7% of sleeper leagues, okay? and uh, he is also widely available in Yahoo, like uh, usual. At uh, He's only rostered in 33% of leagues there. Now, if you look at what the L.A. Chargers did last week, they took away the run finally and started being a team that can stop the run. And you got to imagine uh, that's because Miami was looking good on the ground and they want to take away the run from Miami and the shit you want to do against, uh, against uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans is you want to take away Derrick Henry, right? Their number one weapon. So that might open the door for Ryan Tannehill to be doing a little bit more work than he usually does. And that's what I'm hoping. Plus, in the end, they're not the greatest defense. So I'm hoping to see Tannehill sling the ball a little bit and uh, that Chargers offense keep uh, keep Tennessee having to press all game long and trying to move the chains um, through the air as well. Um, moving into the next part here, uh, we're going into our starts and sits. 
And Zach, you talked about them once already. Might as well just keep the train going here. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty excited about this guy. Uh, Bam Knight, or uh, his, his actual name, Zonovan Knight. Uh, he's coming off three straight weeks of being a top 24 running back. And this week against the Lions, he'll be going against the bottom 10 rush defense that gives up over one and a half touchdowns on the ground per game. Right now, it as far as I can tell, having watched a little bit of that game this week, it is Bam Knight's uh, job to lose. Uh, he looks better than, than Michael Carter. Michael Carter fumbled the ball uh, late in the game there against the Bills. So I, I have the confidence in Bam Knight. And, and for once, I want, a, I want a New York Jet to do well. So <laughs> look at me getting into the, the giving mood this holiday season. Yeah, big win for the Pats on Monday. So you're just in a good mood. You know what, though? I'm, like, I'm, I'm conflicted on that one. Like part of me wants them to just suck. So, so Bob Kraft just blows it up in the off season. Gets rid of Patricia and uh, we get a, we get a coach that's coached defense this decade. That would be nice. Well, or, rather a coach that's coached Patricia. offense this decade. I think they're going to uh, dust Patricia regardless. I, I hope so. And then also like, even if we make the playoffs, like, what are we going to do as the seventh seed? Get pumped a third time by the Bills? Like, frick, who's looking forward to that? Not me. Hey, I'm just, I'm just praying for the seventh seed at this point. Detroit, Detroit made the top ten in power rankings this week, so there's your Detroit Lions plug of the week. Yeah. <laughs> two, two very different experiences in fandom here. Like, you're giddy over the seventh seed, and I'm like, just blow it up. It's the seventh seed. Blow it up. We don't need That's- this. That's you just on your high horse on that high pedestal of just success over the years. And there's me just licking, licking the floor and hoping for the best other than <laughs> crying, crying many, many tears of the, whatever that Detroit versus Dallas postseason game was. That was just a joke, but hoping to see another one at least. So we'll, I'll, I'll take that spot from you, Zach. You guys can miss the playoffs. We'll sneak in. I know totally different, uh, totally, totally different perspectives <laughs> AFC versus NFC here, but, uh, but you know what I'm picking up. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> Armand, your start of the week, you want to share? All right. My start of the week, I'm going with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he was targeted 12 times last week, and this week is a better matchup against the Ravens than it was against Cincinnati last week. Um, Deshaun Watson, uh, he's only going to get better and better as he gets used to the NFL speed again, and he seems to like uh, – people's jones uh, and uh why not he he's been a wide receiver two or three in every week but three weeks this week or this year and he's been consistent so um i'm saying keep trusting the guys that got you there and donovan people's jones if you do have him in your on your roster he's one of the guys that you've at least been playing in a flex spot most of the season continue to play him um I'm I'm seeing good things starting to come that way for that Browns passing attack. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one, Armand. Uh, I think he's a sneaky play, and he's not a guy that I'd be. You know, if I have a solid lineup where I'm just going to be like, yeah, throwing him in. But that's a sneaky little play there, where where it could it could pop off in a big way. Um, mine talking about sneaky. My start of the week, 
has just sneakily uh, been RB8 on the season. And I know he's had some really good weeks, but he's been pretty consistent. He's had one or two, you know, not so fabulous weeks, but he's had some big performances, including this past week, uh, putting up 28 points. And that's Miles Sanders, RB of the Philadelphia Eagles. And that offense is just clicking. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts can get it done through the air and the ground. Uh, re receivers are absolutely clicking. Smith is doing unreal in the absence of Goddard. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, A.J. Brown is doing A.J. Brown type things. But, uh, <laughs> but Miles Sanders has been sneaky good. And the Chicago Bears are not good against the running back. Uh, listing off a few games here. On uh, the most recent one, Packers versus Bears, week 13. Uh, the Packers rushed for 125 yards and one touchdown. Uh, the Jets rushed for 152 and a touchdown. Um, looking at the Falcons, rushed for 111. Uh, no touchdowns that week. Um, then we're looking at the Lions, 79 and two. Cowboys, 154 and three. Giants, 164 and zero. The Packers, again, 193 and one. This team is not good against running backs, averaging um, averaging 114 yards per game to the running back position and just over one touchdown per game. And that's not even including in the receptions. The receptions, they are not great either, but they are giving up a lot of points to the running back position. And some of these are against very you know below average running backs at best. Uh, and then you look at a running back like Miles Sanders has been having a great week. I think you can expect more of the same. Uh, maybe not so much in the touchdown column because it looks like in the red zone, they shut it down a little bit. The touchdown columns uh, are a little bit lower than some of the other offenses or some of the defenses, sorry, in the NFL. But the yardage is just, you're licking your chops. 114 average running back uh, yards. That's <laughs> that's a really nice baseline if that's what he's capable of putting up. That's that's uh, that's going to get it done for you in your quarterfinal matchup. So you can plug Miles Sanders in there with a lot of confidence. I also had, you know, a couple other names there. The wide receivers and the Jets game, I think, is a, is a pretty good solid play there too. Um, there's there's lots of good options. There's some tough matchups, but I think there's a lot of uh, uh, sneaky plays. So obviously looking at a couple of the ones, Donovan People-Jones and Bam Knight, not too many people that were on your 2022 draft boards. But as we progress down the, the playoff stretch, there's there's names that come to, uh, you know, come to the top of, of the waiver wires and top of your starting lineups and can push you down, down that stretch. But now, transitioning a little bit from, you know, the guys that we're really excited about into the ones that we're, you know, trying to stay away from. Uh, we'll go to, uh, we'll go to Zach again to start. Uh, who is going to be your sit of the quarterfinal matchup? Big decisions here. Who are you going to be putting on the bench? If I have a better option, I would be looking at possibly sitting Deontay Johnson in the two leagues that I have him in. I can sit him in both and feel good about it in one and in the other one, I, I, I need to sit or rather I need to start him because the, the bench depth there is, is non-existent, but uh, regardless of all that, uh, Johnson will be playing the Carolina Panthers and that team has one of the best young DBs in the game, uh, JC Horn. If Johnson ends up going against Horn, he may have himself a difficult week considering the Steelers have some uncertainty at quarterback with Pickett in or having suffered a concussion and Trubitsky doing Trubitsky things and throwing three interceptions last week. So 
Uh, hard to have any faith <laughs> there right now in that passing game. And, and even if they had their starting quarterback, uh, Johnson hasn't been a top 12 receiver once this year. Uh, I believe he's only been a top 24 receiver maybe once or twice this season. So he hasn't been putting up this season that uh, myself and many other people expected him to have. So uh, maybe at this point, best to move on if you have other options. Yeah, suck on that one, Trubisky. <laughs> Doing Trubisky things, three picks. <laughs> That's just throwing shade. I love it. <laughs> um, Armin, this one, this one's greasy. This one, this one's a tough one. Uh, if you if you have better options in this one, it's going to take a lot of stones to sit this one. But it's that time of year where you got to make tough decisions, and and this one is one where this is a difficult decision because um, the, the situation got even worse for this wide receiver. So you want you want to talk about yours? Yeah, you know what? Like the guys who have this guy, kudos to you for either picking him up from the start of the season and holding him all year long till he finally played, or even like you you shot the gun a little early and got him because uh, DeAndre Hopkins was looking like a potential league winner, a guy you got for cheap that was a top end wide receiver. But I'm telling you, this week you gotta sit him because. Like we said already in the podcast, Kyler Murray's out for the season. And we know that Arizona is not very good at passing the ball with Colt McCoy in at QB. And you got to imagine that's who they're starting there. And to put make matters even worse, it's not that they're not even going to try and throw as much. But when they are throwing, it's not going to be as open as usual because they're against a tough Denver secondary that is is very, very good. So uh, you got to think that Zona is going to try and run the ball against Denver, especially without their number one QB, and throw the ball very rarely. And it's probably not going to be the kind of stuff that DeAndre Hopkins thrives in. That's... uh... Oh man, I have him in two leagues. They're both dynasty leagues and it sucks because he came back and I was like, oh my goodness, no, uh, no steroids. And he's actually doing good things, <laughs> making a playoff push. And, and now it's one of those ones where I'm hoping for DK Metcalf style can play with backup quarterbacks. So we'll see, see what happens. Hoping for the best. <laughs> it's one of those ones where I just don't have a better option, but if you have a better option, you need to. You might need to transition because that's a sketchy play, not only from the matchup alone, like you mentioned, but now with, with the addition of a uh, backup quarterback, it sucks. Um, this is something yeah. I've never done on the podcast yet. Talking about my sits, usually it's uh, you know a wide receiver, running back type thing, but I'm uh, I'm going to talk quarterbacks a little bit. And uh, this one, it stems from a situation that we're in. You know, I talked about the Cinderella story we're in. We have touch, tough matchups. Superflex league are we have several quarterbacks, but between the you know the, the ones that we're probably gonna start, we have Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Jared Goff. That's kind of our three main quarterbacks. I'm gonna start two. And Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff both have very difficult matchups. Zach had already touched on the Detroit Lions playing the New York Jets. And uh, that's not a great matchup because that secondary is one of the best in the league. So Jared Goff, who doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns, it comes from obviously the running back scoring in the red zone quite a bit. It's a sketchy start, but I still, I think I'm going to play him over Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence is going to be my sit of the week. Uh, and he's playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Trevor Lawrence this last week put up a huge week. 
putting up what was his grand total, 39.42 points. Uh, he threw for 368 and three, and he also had a rushing touchdown. So huge week from him against the Titans. But now against the Cowboys, one of, if not the best defenses in the NFL, uh, that's one where I'm a little concerned. Jacksonville has been kind of up and down. We've seen performances against good defense like Philadelphia, where he puts up five points. Then we've seen the matchups against the Texans, where the Texans aren't the greatest defense, if not one of the worst, and he puts up seven points. Then good defense like the Broncos, he puts up two points. But then now, once again, he plays against some of these lesser defenses, puts up great points. Now we have another matchup against a very, very good defense. And I'm concerned it's going to be another one of those two, five, seven, nine type performances. Um, so Trevor Lawrence, uh, if you're in a single Q league, you might feel a transition a little bit in a two Q league. It's going to be even harder, but I would try and find something where you don't have to rely on Trevor Lawrence. Um, we have in, in this league, we even have Matt Ryan, uh, Indianapolis against Minnesota. That one I think is where the line sits for me. I'd probably try and just go upside on Trevor Lawrence again, other than Matt Ryan, but it's, it's a tough week against one of, like I said, if not the best defense of the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, Houston figured out a way to, to score in bunches against them, and I still don't know how that happened. Um, but this is a matchup that, like I said, is, is difficult. Uh, now, once again, asking for a friend, Zach Armand, you can share your two cents. Jared Goff or, or uh, Trevor Lawrence, who would you go with? Ooh, that's, that's interesting because – we just saw Goff. We just saw Goff have his maybe one of the best games, for sure the best game of the season, maybe the one of the better games of his of his career, it seems. Uh certainly aided by that wide open touchdown by our guy Jay Williams. So uh with that said though, I'd probably go with Lawrence. I think um that uh I got respect for that Jets defense. That might be that might be a hard one for uh, for Goff to repeat against. They're both good defenses, so it just seems like something's got to give. One of them's going to have a great week, and I just don't know which one it is. And it's it's a big week for both teams. Like we've talked about, uh, you know, in the other ones where we talked about a couple teams, it was like, okay, well, big matchups. Who's going to, you know, something's got to give? Well, right now, Jacksonville is in the running for a playoff position at 5-8. and eight. Like they, this is a huge game for them uh, coming up against Dallas. And then obviously Detroit Lions at six and seven, and this is a huge one for them. It's seemingly they have to win out too. So it's both teams need a win. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's something's got to give. Hopefully one of them has a good week and hopefully pick the right one. But Trevor Lawrence is one of those ones where if you're a single quarterback league, I'd be looking to, uh, you know, make a, make a pivot of some sort. Uh, I, I was what? agreeing with Zach there, <clears throat> and mostly because of the upside of Lawrence compared to Goff. I think you, in a similar situation there, you got to go for the higher upside guy. You guys have convinced me my set of the week is now Jared Goff, not Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I'll just sit them both. <laughs> we'll just start like I, Isaiah McKenzie instead. Don't do that, but obviously. I, Jordan, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah, as the Detroit Lions guy here, um, which Detroit receiver do you think is going to be shut down by the sauce this weekend by uh, in New York? The only thing I don't know is does he just stay in one position or does he move around the field? Do you know the answer to that, Zach? You no, I don't. Or 
Sorry, Zach. No, I don't. Um, Cause then if that's the case, if he moves around, then it'd be probably a Monra, uh, especially as he's the you know high profile receiver and somebody that Jared Goff leans on a lot. Um, but if he stays on the outside, then it's, it's tough. I, I, I don't know. I would say, obviously, you'd probably try and match him up against Amonra, which, if that's the case, I think DJ Chark is kind of a sneaky little play this week because uh, Jared Goff's going to have to try and find some success elsewhere. But uh, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, Arm. I'd have to do a little bit of digging on the uh, Jets defense before. But that's my Well, I hope you're right, say that. because I'm playing the Amonra owner, and I own DJ Chark in one of my matchups. So. <laughs> that could be the ultimate dunk. <laughs> No uh, doubt. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Armin. Oh, I was just saying, no doubt, man. Like that would be the ultimate dunk on a guy. Amandra gets shut down, and Chark puts up three tutties. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, Armin. I'm cheering for you. Okay, if we if the Lions get three oh, tutties this game, I can just see it. <laughs> um, Wellsy's wagers once again. It's uh, just as we get down the stretch here, some of the lines aren't coming out uh, on the Tuesday evenings. Uh, so he has some of the picks that he wants to make. We just don't have the lines out. So as per usual, in the last couple of weeks, we're going to get those out on social media. I'm going to try and get them out even a little bit earlier too. Um, I've been posting them a couple hours before the game. Um, and that might not be enough time for you to take a look at them and get onto your betting platform. So I'll try and get these ones out a little bit sooner, um, hopefully Wednesday evening, if not uh, Thursday morning. So that we have a time, enough time to check them out and get on your betting platforms. But um, a good week again for him Thursday nighter, uh, two and one. And then the Sunday, a couple bad beats down the stretch there. You end up going one and three. Uh, still sitting above 500, which you can't ask for much more than that. You're making money, that's for sure. So um, you've got, like I said, it's week 15. It's quarterfinal times. It's playoffs time. Uh, anything there, uh, fellas, from the both of you? Uh, let's maybe go to Armin and then Zach. Anything you want to mention here before we uh, end this one? Obviously, exciting time for, for fantasy football players uh, out there. Yeah, you know what? It's... Uh... It's the playoffs, so it's winner go home. So that means don't hold anything back here. Go with the guys who got you there. And uh, also, there's some Saturday games this week. So make sure you are checking things out Saturday morning as far as injuries go to make sure you got your lineup in order. That's a good point. Um, you got anything there, Zach, to add? Uh, Armin there, just with his uh, don't hold anything back, sounded like uh, Jason Bateman there from uh, Dodgeball with the uh, bold strategy caught in line. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Uh, but aside from that, uh, unfortunately, this week, uh, Mike Leach, the head coach of Mississippi State, passed away. Um, Mike Leach, uh, his offenses were always very fun to watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the concepts that we see on Sundays in the NFL originated at the college ranks. And uh, I think he had a lot, a lot to do with that because his offenses have always been uh, high octane and pass happy, pass happy, spreading the ball around. So, uh, Tough loss for the football community with the passing of Mike Leach. Yeah, that's a good point there, Zach. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, I'm going to throw out uh, one thing about the charity league here. Uh, it's been a lot of fun down the stretch for a lot of these teams. And uh, we've got a 14-team league, like we mentioned in the past little bit. It's the first time uh, we've been able to do that. 
But uh, congratulations to the following eight teams that have made the playoffs, and we'll keep you in the loop as we progress here. Finishing in first place, we have Mason Hawk, who did the uh, the tight end depth uh, draft. We talked about him a little bit there. He said it's either going to boom or bust, and and yeah, it it boomed. He finished first place and first place by a lot. So he he tied another team at the standings, but for points four, he was one of the top teams. Uh, so well done there, Mason. Uh, we also have Tyler Rock, uh, defending champion, in second place. Uh, then we have Tim Stewart in third. Uh, our team finished in fourth. Then we have Brady Wileyman in fifth. Dennis Corcoran in sixth. Then we have Zach Hayes in seventh. And Robbie Gates sneaking in in the eighth spot. We had uh, five teams tie for that uh, seven-eight spot. So uh, three teams, unfortunately, with the same record, but did not make it into the postseason. Uh, but we're, it's going to be a lot of fun here. So Right now, the matchups, we've got uh, Hawk versus uh, Robbie. Then we have Zach versus Tyler. We have Tim versus Dennis. And then ourselves versus Brady. So a lot of fun for the Charity League here. Um, obviously, there's some, you know, there's no money on the line, but there's some cool prizes. Uh, it's not only from ourselves, but from 22 Fresh as well, too. So a lot of fun and good luck to those teams. And good luck to you, everybody at home, as we head into week 15. Like we've mentioned this entire time, it's quarterfinal time, it's playoff time. This is why we play fantasy football. Uh, I know it can be stressful, but uh, just, you know, enjoy the ride, have fun, still watch those games, uh, and we'll be sweating it out with you guys as well, too. So take care, uh, talk soon, and, uh, and good luck.